Jeremy, I am delighted that you are my uh, guest, our guest today, because from the time we met, we met through a LinkedIn connection. Mm -hmm. uh, we've evolved from there to, to, to learn about each other's interests. We've evolved from there to, to, to really develop a genuine interest in some of the things that we're doing both professionally and beyond. But in the interest of this conversation, uh, I, told my, I told my buddies that I'm bringing a gentleman who's a rabbi, and I'd like for you to help us, give us the best way to address you. I usually just call you Jeremy, which I think is not the most respectful. Tell us your full name and let us know, should we address you as rabbi in the course of this semi-professional conversation, or should we just call you Jeremy? No, Yermi is perfect. I've, I'm no longer practicing a rabbi. So, uh, I mean, even though they say once a rabbi, forever a rabbi, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I transitioned. I transitioned from, you know, uh, practicing as a rabbi. Um, it's been now almost a year. So, um, I, you know, I went into the business world um, and, you know, through our conversation, I, I guess that's, I think that's the purpose of the meeting. Um, and I'll show you that transition. I'll show you, um, you know, that little journey in a sense. Um, yes. There was never an intention ever becoming a rabbi. That was just to please my father at the time. Um, <laughs> and it turned out good in a sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where I am today. So, no, but Yermi is perfect. So. Awesome. Awesome. How do you pronounce your last name? Kirkus. Kirkus. Very, I mean, it's very straightforward. It's not like there's some names that... There might be a little trick comes on and somewhere that <laughs> you may not yeah. get it right. So yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So we're just gonna jump right in. I know that you're doing a lot of exciting things, but I, I want to find out how did you get started in your current uh, practice, whereby you are coaching people, you are able to help some start businesses. How did you get started? Give us a little sense of that. Sure. So. Um... So thanks to Gideon, <laughs> um, we have the story a little bit more concise. Um, so um, so he's, he's a phenomenal coach. I do appreciate him very much. Um, but yeah, let me just share with you a little bit, uh, give you a little bit of a visual of, you know, where I came from and where I am today. Um, it really all started, you know, when I was a little kid back in Montreal. Um, that's where I grew up. I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Um, and I grew up in the Jewish and Orthodox community. Um, and as every community, I would assume, is that there's a lot of volunteer and community service type of opportunities. And I was just that kid that just loved it and would always jump right in. Um, and so my family and my, my parents and my, um, and my teachers would always say, hey, you know, you could become, you could help people as a profession. It seems you love this so much. Um, which led me down the road uh, to consider medicine. Since doctors save people's lives, medicine helps people. Um, and I figured medicine is the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. Long story short, that wasn't for me. You know, I went down that route that it wasn't for me. When I quit uh, pre-med, my parents were trying to convince me, no, go back, go back, you know, don't give up on your dreams. Um, so I volunteered as a paramedic to kind of, you know, get hands-on experience. But that really set the bar and that said no. Um, so I went to business, something that I was really good at, something that I was passionate about. Um, I went to study business. I started a business. But then in 2010, that's when, you know, all hells breaks loose. Could you ever imagine that time when your world is just like falling apart on you the way you know 
Oh, no. Or how about, think of it this way, you know, three tons of bricks comes smashing down on you. Ouch. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Okay, that was my 2010. My wife leaves me, takes away the kids, I get divorced. Hmm. Uh, my mom dies, and my business is forced to shut down. Ouch. All in 10 days. Hmm. Yeah, literally in 10 days. Think of it Thursday to Monday, your world just collapses. Tons of bricks are shut at you. It's crazy. Yeah. So how did you get beyond that? that that's, that's really, really, really painful. Yeah. So I fall into a very, very deep depression, um, you know, clinical depression, as it's called, um, hmm. up until the point of, of contemplating suicide. Um, it was a serious time and I just get this flash, a mo like a moment, you know? Um, and, and again, as I said, I grew up in the Jewish Orthodox religion with faith and everything, but at this point in time, you don't know who to believe, what to believe, you know, you're so lost. And so I just, I just, it's like for the first time in my life, I just sort of, you know, metaphor metaphorically speaking, get down on my knees and start praying um, and just say, Hey, you. Whoever you are up there, whoever, whatever, you know, God, Hashem, I don't know, whatever you call you, you did this, you fixed this. This is on you. Okay? Like, I, like I have nothing. I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm done. I'm at the end of my line. Finished. The way I know it, the world has ended. I don't know what to do. Hmm. And with that little prayer, I kind of said, you know, I'm dedicating my life to you and to people and to society because that's what I really want to do. I really want to help people. And so whatever that means, that's going to give me purpose. That's going to give me a reason to live, to continue going. You fix this. Hmm. So as I'm, I'm in a crazy state of mind, you know, yeah. I'm just going to take a walk just to relax, just to like, you know, ease it out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. on this walk, I bump into a friend who I haven't seen in a while. And hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? You know, little conversation. Ends up he's, a, he's a, an advocate in the prison system in California. Okay. And, um, and we just got to talking. I said, you know, perfect timing. I just need purpose. Is there any volunteer opportunities? Could I volunteer? Just give my time. Sure, there's wow. always volunteer opportunities. We'll fly you in. We'll, you know, we'll take you in. So let's and just... What, in, what city, in what city was that, Jeremy? This is in Los Angeles. Los, Los Angeles, Angeles LA. Okay, yeah. thank you for putting that. So, so anyhow, so I, so I get there and I, I don't want to give you all the details to bore you, but the, the gist of it is that this volunteer situation ended up becoming a full-time position. Um, I got a couple of degrees in psychology. Um, mm -hmm. The last one is a master's in psychology. Um, I was involved with a recovery situation. So I was, I was volunteering in recovery rooms and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, just a lot. Of, and also I was getting the therapy I needed, the help that I needed to grow. Um, yeah. and that's how I met mindfulness through the therapy, through these these things. Mm -hmm. um, I found mindfulness, I found meditation, visualizations, all that kind of nice stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would share it with the inmates that I ended up coaching. I started off as a rabbi in the prisons, but then I became a coach in the prisons. No kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so through the coaching and through the discussion and through the exploration, mm -hmm. um, this program, One Up, was born. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a huge transformation. A transformation in my life, a transformation in the inmate's life. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a, just a very quick synopsis of what that would look like. Um, yeah. 21 year old young guy, 
Okay. Mm -hmm. If if Young I may, kid, as, as, if, yeah. What? And who was who was an inmate? The kid was an inmate. Yeah. So he wasn't an inmate yet, but okay. he he committed a terrible crime. Yeah. Um, and he was under the influence of drugs, you know. Uh, but still, that doesn't excuse what he's committed. Very very terrible, horrific murder, and the judge went all out on him. The judge gave him the full extent of the law. Um, the worst, the worst possible sentence is mm -hmm. life without the possibility of parole. It means he's yep. never going to get the chance of getting out of prison. Mm -hmm. So here you have a 21, 22 year old young guy in prison for the rest of his life, um, and he gets he gets sober in prison. He doesn't have access to drugs or stuff like this. Yeah, and um, and it occurs to him what just happened. His life, as he knows it, is completely destroyed. It's done. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to live for. Long story short, ends up in my program, takes the 90-day program. It's a 90-day program, um, step by step, the coaching, all that stuff. And I find out afterwards, I follow up with them. Turns out he gets a degree in finance, okay? Ends up creating a program to help families of inmates mm -hmm. um, with their financial needs and stuff like this. You know, you could only imagine that, you know, their breadwinner is in prison. Yeah. So how are they doing financially? He figures out a program to help them. And the latest that I heard about him is that he's now teaching this program and this thing to other inmates. And he's helping other people. He created a whole university program in prison, technically mm -hmm. a business. I don't know how he's doing this legally or how this is working, <laughs> but it's unbelievable. It, it's and he's still, in, he's still in jail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to be there forever. Yeah. But, um, wow. but in prison, he found a meaningful life. No kidding. He found purpose. He's thriving. Wow. He's happy. He found yeah. his, you know, his uh, higher power. He found his um, yeah. faith. He found it. He's, he's just living a phenomenal life that he's just so, so happy. Wow. And that's one of many, many of similar stories. Okay. <laughs> my story is similar to that. Like how my life transformed, <laughs> you know, everybody, I was looking for, for a wife, you know, and the way it works in my community is that only through matchmakers, we, we find, you know, our, our spouses. Every yes. matchmaker said, no way, this woman doesn't exist. I gave them a list of four pages, what I was looking for. Just get rid of the list. No list in our, you know, this doesn't work this way, you know? And I was like, no, but I know what I'm looking, I know what I want, you know? Turns out I end up getting married to this woman, okay? The wow. woman on my list, I, we just shared it the other day. I, no I said, you know, you know, I'm talking about this a lot now, so... 95% of what's written on the list is who she is today. No kidding. So it works. It's phenomenal. Wow, wow, wow. So this is, this is what I'm hearing. Not only were you able to get this really powerful V-shaped transformation, but the thoughts, the ideas that you created have also been transforming other people. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that clear? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So this is this is so I had a theory and I was taught that these tools, these are not my tools, I didn't invent them. Mm -hmm. You know, these mm -hmm. are based on the Tao Tai Ching, these are based on the 12 steps of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's yes. based on Kabbalah, it's based mm -hmm. on many, many different, you know, psychology, mm -hmm. it's based on so many different real yeah. you know, science and, and ancient studies that worked for, for okay. generations. Um, okay. But so, when you were developing this, did you even know? that at some point it will take a life of its own. I know. No, 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 no. I developed one up for myself. Mm -hmm. To be perfectly honest, I developed one up for me because I had a situation that I needed to fix 
you know, I need a purpose. I needed to live a greater mm -hmm. life than something. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it for me. It was totally 100% selfish. Turns yep. out that it was just inmates <laughs> that I was working with. So <laughs> turns out that I was just transferring. I was just telling them what's going on in my life. That's really what it was. I never Very thought this was going to be anything and it grew to become something. Um, but I think the, I think the, like the real kicker here is this past December, this past January, December, mm -hmm. um, when I was supposed to re-sign my contract with the prison system, uh, with the advocacy group that was hiring me to, you know, help the prison system, um, they came to me and they asked me, you know, of course you're, you're signing on, right? Like, like you're awesome. We love you. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I kind of not really. Um, and I had a question. I had a burning desire question. If One Up has helped transform jailbirds into eagles, hmm. what can One Up do to eagles? No that kidding. was really my question. I mean, no think kidding. of it this way people who have nothing to live for, they're in prison, they have nothing to live for. Yeah. Transformed and they have everything to live for. Yes, sir. What can this program do to people who have everything to live for? Mm, mm, mm. That's and very that deep. was that burning desire. And I said, no, I need, I need to go. I, I need to take this to the next level. I need to one up deep. myself. That is deep. That is very deep. And I, 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 as I'm digesting this, I'm sure my, my, my co-hosts, my buddies are also digesting this. If your program, One Up, can somewhat set free a jailbird, what more, what can it do for the eagles that are already soaring and roaring out there? That's a very yeah. profound thought that I'd like to, to take note of and, and, and maybe see dwell over it. But I know that it, we're in a virtual world. It, everything looks very fluid. There's an interesting coincidence here. I know that last time we spoke, you were in North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. The name of the city is it Asheville? Just outside of Asheville, yeah. Okay. And it turns out my two buddies on this call today, Steve and John, are in the great state of North Carolina. They may not be too far away from where you live. <laughs> Both of them are in, gentlemen, you want to say? Charlotte area. Charlotte. So, suburbs of Charlotte. It's a couple hours from, from Asheville. Yeah. So nice. small world, small world. But the point I say that is because it, we, need to, we need to be grounded. These things are working. And who knows? Who could benefit from this? They may know people in their circles. They may know friends, families that could benefit from this or themselves and myself. So that's very important. Another thing that I just like to check with you is um, tell me a little bit more about some of the highlights uh, that you have discovered in the last, say, one year since you left uh, the, the, the prison system where you were working. Any highlights so far? So sure, yeah. Um, so, so my question when I left the prison system and I was working with inmates, um, you know, unfortunately, and I don't mean to discriminate here, but unfortunately, um, inmates are sort of speak the lowest on the totem pole of our human society. Yes, People indeed. tend to forget them. Okay, yeah. um, and and one of the things that I found meaning working in the prison was that here I had an opportunity to really connect to people on, an on the most humane level. Mm -hmm. I would never ask them about their crime. I never, you know, unless they mm -hmm. shared it with me, I would have never known. I had no idea who I was dealing with. Yeah. Um, and I often tell this to people 
you know, the way I was raised and the way I learned who a rabbi is, I was taught that a rabbi is a specialist in souls. He's a hmm. soul specialist. Mm-hmm. That's who a rabbi is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I, I wish I was a specialist in souls, but mm-hmm. I definitely, thro- when I was working as a rabbi, I definitely, definitely tried um, very hard to look at a person's soul. Mm-hmm. Um, in my program, One Up, we call that that higher version of self. Mm-hmm. Um, because not everybody relates to soul in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I relate to soul is that higher version of self, that human part of humanity. So, and, and that's what I really, really cared about so much. Mm-hmm. And so I asked myself a question. I said, you know, business people, CEOs, you know, big, like all these other people, you know, think of the Steve Jobs, of the Richard Bransons of the, of the world. You know, these are the pushers and these are the doers of the world. If we all look back and remember, you know, Apple's ad, think different, you know, mm-hmm. here's to the crazy ones, you know, um, very famous ad. Um, it occurred to me that there are so many people who struggle. These are people who have dreams and ambitions and the average person outside, maybe their parent, their teacher, their surroundings, their people don't believe in their dreams. You know, mm-hmm. I have that dream. I have this massive dream uh, to make this world a better place. One, dr- mm-hmm. one dream, one job, one business at a time. Um, that's what drives me. That's my mission statement, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, you know, I have a dream to one day own an island. And I was always told that I'm crazy for thinking that. <laughs> I never had somebody there to tell me how to get there. And ha- like, why not? There are other people who own islands. And I have plans of what I want to do with the islands, you know? But why not? And why is that, why is that so looked upon in a negative way? And okay. so if one up helped these people in, in unimaginable situations, you know, yeah. completely transform, who would have ever thought that an inmate in prison can can help people financially. You know, whoever thought an inmate in prison leaves, leaves the prison and becomes a big, you know, real estate entrepreneur. You know, that's yeah. one of my clients as well. You know, okay. how, like, how could that be, right? You yeah. ask yourself. Yeah. And so I really am looking for, for you know, business professionals, entrepreneurs, uh, people who mm-hmm. have that big, big, you know, mindset, that big dream. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. there to empower them. I'm there to tell them it's possible. Here okay. are the steps. Here's how other people did it. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm here to show you how to do it. Okay. Be- besides uh, being a sole professional, uh, almost, as should I say, by, uh, by cultivation, by nurturing over the years, are there other specialties that you have mastered that you can help the people that come through your one-up program? Yeah. So definitely I would attribute it to, co- to communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think communication is the key. Um, coming without a judgment. I, I, I completely stay completely objective when mm-hmm. I come in. I hear your dream. I want to help yep. your dream. You right, know, so. I have another service called CPO services, which is um, a, a service that helps small to medium businesses who cannot afford a chief people officer. Those guys are expensive, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and we all know that culture is so important in business, right? Mm-hmm. Why should these businesses lose out on that, right? Yeah, so I have yeah. a service that helps them. Um, but, but, you know, what is it that I do is that I come in and I'm listening to your business. I'm listening to your life. It has nothing to do with what I think. I, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know, to be quite honest. Yeah. But then how do we make these steps that are universal, that are proven to work, work for you on a practical level? You know, we hear, we hear mindfulness, this like voodoo, I don't know what, you know, (laughs) but how do we make it practical? How do we make it every single day? 
Um, I so I, I honed in on those on those skills. That's to answer your question about that. Okay, thank you. And one of the things that we want our guests on Ramp to Success, or as we would like to say, the program or the podcast that helps you to jumpstart your journey mm -hmm. to the mountaintop of success, we like to learn from our guests. What are some of the morning routines that mm -hmm. you uh, you practice so that it, it puts you in a good mind frame to go out there and engage with the world, which sometimes might not be as positive, as as energized, or as engaged as you are. And is any morning, morning yeah, routines yeah. that you beautiful, practice? Beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful question. Um, so I like to say that my morning routine is a continuation of my night routine. Um, in the Jewish religion, we start our day at night, mm -hmm. okay? The way you go to bed is the way you will wake up. Mm -hmm. If you go to bed, you know, on time, let's say, mm -hmm. you will wake up rested. You know, if you go mm -hmm. to bed late, you will wake mm -hmm. up tired, okay? Yep. So yep. the way you end your day is the way you start your day. Um, so I have, this, I have this routine in the night and in the morning, the same routine. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question about what's my routine, um, mm -hmm. so the first step is that I, I, I have a visual. I, vi I start with visualizations. So I visualize um, two things. I visualize what would my life look like if I went in one direction or what would it look like if I went in another direction? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how much time I have left, but I won't give you the details of exactly what that visualization looks like. Yes, but sir. one of them is basically, um, you know, I see myself, what's the worst case scenario, you know, okay. in a decapitated, um, you know, um, a nursing home, you know, in my 90s mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, in mm -hmm. a really negative place. And my grandchild is sitting on my lap looks up to me and asks me, grandpa, what did you do with your life? Mm. The alternate, you know, the, and then I think of, and then I visualize the alternate of being on my private islands, mm -hmm. you know, surrounded by all this beauty and all this nature and all this wonderfulness. And my grandchild looking up at me and saying, you know, grandpa, what did you do with your life? So I mm. start with that, you know, um, and at night I ask myself, what did I do today to get anywhere closer to either end? Did I do anything that is going to, take me to option A or did I do yeah. anything that's going to take me to option B? What, like, what did I do? Mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. what can I do tomorrow to get closer to my, what I call ideal life? So that's the yeah, night that's part right. in the morning. I do the exact same thing, just the opposite. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think to myself, okay, today I have the chance to, to perform, right? So either yeah. I'm going to perform on this side or I'm going to perform on that side, one or the other. There you go. Wow. And then I always finish off with three, with always three gratitudes and three um, affirmations. Yeah. I say three I am's. Whatever I say after I am is who I am. So if that's going to be negative, it's going to be negative. If it's going to be positive, it's going to be positive. Um, okay. But I choose to obviously stay positive because I want option B. So, <laughs> so you know, okay. but that's my routine. In a that, is, that is fascinating. I've never heard that or read about that from anywhere. Thank you so much for that, Jeremy. Which one habit would you say has made a greatest difference to you professionally or as a person which one habit that you practice obviously there are many habits but which one it's your like your go-to when you, you 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 get into that one you do it execute it well the results are bound to come yeah i love 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 this question because several of the one-up steps several of the 90 steps um mm -hmm. really are there to build this particular habit the habit of staying positive no matter what happens okay um, you know, all of us are, are going through the pandemic. It's very difficult. You know, mm -hmm. the political situation 
it, it's unreal. You know, we don't know where to believe, how to believe, what to do. Yep. It's yep. crazy. Um, I won't lie. It affected me, you know, and the best way to do it is just say, hey, this is beyond my control. I can't go into the polls and start changing or start. I, I can't do mm-hmm. any of this stuff. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not in my control. I have nothing to do. There's a higher power in play here. I don't mm-hmm. know what this is, but the same energy I'm going to put into thinking negative Mm-hmm. is the exact same energy that's required to put into the positive. I, mm-hmm. pre- I prefer the latter because I, yes. I want my day to end on a positive note. Mm-hmm. I prefer living my day in positivity and optimism than mm-hmm. thinking the negative. I don't, know, mm-hmm. I don't know either candidate. I don't know the mm-hmm. pandemic. I don't know. All the, I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. So, but I prefer to think that the world is going to end up in a much positive place and mm-hmm. the world will not end in Armageddon. Okay, so well, okay. I, I just prefer that. And, and that's, that's how one. I prefer living my life. Thank you. That's a good one. Um, and uh, so you, you mentioned about your very, very long-term goal of maybe uh, owning an island. Now, I don't know which part of the world you're going to get that by that island. I hope uh, it's an island that's closer to Africa where I grew up because there's <laughs> a lot of nature out there. Or is Thank it Caribbean? Where, where do you see yourself... Um, going to purchase this island is it somewhere in the philippines in asia and besides that island are there some other major goals on the way to that if you don't mind yeah so so i'm gonna just say it like this um i had a teacher one of my very first teachers um who taught me organizational psychology that was in my business class back in mcgill um in 2008 um mcgill university in montreal i had a phenomenal mm-hmm. teacher and mm-hmm. he asked the question and he said if you had all the money in the world, all the money in the world, what would that number look like to you? You know, mm-hmm. and this way you don't have to ever work again. You just do your mm-hmm. thing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What would that money, what would that number be? Now, mm-hmm. remember, this is in 2008 when billionaires were just becoming billionaires, okay? Like yep. billionaire was a new thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, today we hear 100 billion and we're like, whoa, you know, <laughs> back then a billion was a big deal. Um, I said, I want, I'm, I want one trillion dollars. I want to be the first trillionaire. I literally mm-hmm. said that to him and his mind just like exploded. You know, everybody else were just like, yeah, h- half a million dollars or a million dollars or whatever. <laughs> and I was like the only one in a room of like 200 students that said a trillion dollars. <laughs> and he asked me like, why, why did you say that number? Mm-hmm. And I said, it's not about the number. Okay. That's, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the key thing that I feel that people forget. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this, it's this abundance way of thinking. It's thinking in abundance. So I know that in visualizations, typically, they say, be as specific as possible, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I disagree to a certain degree with that. Um, be as specific, but also be, you know, I, I, I call it bend, don't break. It's one of the 90 steps. Bend, don't break. Be like a, be like a, like a, like a palm tree. Mm-hmm. When, there's a, when there's a storm that comes, the palm tree could go all the way down there, but it's going to flip right back up. Mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. so bend don't break meaning have mm-hmm. somewhat of a of a clear vision i know that i want an island i know it needs to have a mountain i know it needs at least one runway for my plane i know it needs mm-hmm. a place for my yacht to park you know like i have these these things yeah i know you guys think i'm crazy don't worry my heart is, is running no. just as fast but <laughs> hey dream if you're gonna dream dream big and dream yep. to, to a place where your heart stops okay because that's the point it's abundance. If you think in abundance, so I do have details, but mm-hmm. I don't have, let's say, my location. I don't know if it's in the Caribbean. I don't know if it's okay. in that. So that's okay. called bend, don't break. 
I know what I'm looking for. When I'll be shopping for it, I don't know how old I'll be or who and that's going to be. When I'll be shopping, here's on my list. I'm looking for this, 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 this. Oh, okay. We can't have, we can't have, um, you know, this, this particular mountain. Fine. We, you know, but as long as I have these other things, you know, um, so that, that's part of, that's part of visualization uh, to make it practical, as I said, to make it really, you know, real, <laughs> you know, yep, it, it's yep, going to happen. Yep, yep. And to your credit, to your credit, you once had a list of almost four pages mm-hmm. about your future wife. Yeah. And, and uh, guess what? You nailed it with, with yeah. 95% success. So uh, I think uh, that that is definitely awesome. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you can accomplish what you dream. Absolutely. And without dreaming, you cannot even accomplish it. And that reminds me of something that um, uh, JFK, the famous JFK, when he was talking about putting a man on the moon in 10 years and returning him safely, he said, we're going to build rockets that have never been built. Mm. These rockets are going to travel at a speed about this to this. It's never been done. He was talking about all things that had never been done, and yet they were done, and he did not even get to see. Yeah. It's, it's almost like MLK also talking about, I may not get to that other side, but I've been to the mountaintop, so... I applaud the fact that you are having that vision. You may not accomplish it. I'm not watching. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, yeah. but your children will. Mm-hmm. So you start by setting the vision and working on it and letting it propel you uh, in, in the way that you work and engage with the world every single day. Right. So I if, know, I may, if I may... Please, um, please go, go if, ahead. Because I really... I want to expand and I want to strengthen what you're saying because it's, mm-hmm. it's a million percent on the dot. Um, and I really, really care that, you know, your, your audience and whoever's listening to this really walks away with it, that the reason why we lose our dreams are these big, why are we afraid of dreaming these big dreams mm-hmm. is simply because we don't see how attainable they can become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the key problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like that. I was growing up as a kid that I wanted all these richness and all this stuff. And I didn't even know why I wanted it and why I had no clue. And it took me time and introspection to say, hey, you know what? I want that island because I want all my family to be together instead of going to a summer camp. Or, you know, I would love to have a retreat for where mm-hmm. so many people could come to and, yeah. you know, enjoy. And, you know, all these different, as, as I started understanding more what my mm-hmm. dream was, it started making more sense. But still, how do I tame this? You know, it's, islands are expensive. First buy it and then maintain it, okay? <laughs> you know, it, it's extremely expensive. How am I going to yep. get there, you know? Yep. And what are the steps I need to take? Yep. So one up, here's the thing. One up is really, because I, I will never see the end goal of the person I work with. Like, let's say if, if, I, was to, if I was to tell you what's the result of the result mm-hmm. of one up, it's that you're going to live your dream, okay? You're going to get mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're ever dreaming, Mm-hmm. Well, I have, will we ever see that? Probably, I don't know. I probably wouldn't because at the end of 90 days, you're done. Have a nice day. You have all the tools you need. I don't, I don't continue with you, you know? Um, yeah. But what I could assure you is that mm-hmm. we will create a system of goals. Mm-hmm. It's how to take this massive goal, mm-hmm. break it down into pieces and make more attainable, smaller goals. And, yeah. if, you, and if you've accomplished this goal, that's going to propel you to the next goal. That's going to propel see. you to the next goal, to the, to the next goal. And if you are really, you know, attacking these goals one step at a time, you know, mm-hmm. you're on the right track. 
Okay. So okay. maybe I'm going to get my island when I'm 90 or 100 years old. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um, but but, but I know that I'm on this. I know that I'm reaching every single goal that I set myself. Every goal I've ever put myself, I've I've achieved them. Thank and you. and I know that I'm on the right track. Okay. So that's what gives me confidence that I'm going to reach my ultimate big goal. Okay. Thank you. Um, I know. This is this is really cool stuff, and it reminds me of um, the work of uh, uh, Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck, Stanford professor in, in psychology, talks about mindset. I'm sure yeah. you you must be very very familiar with that lady. Mm -hmm. You coming from a psychology field, she talks about growth mindset and fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. um, can you shed some light on that? And uh, uh, the people that come through your program, one up. Uh, are they more those that are leaning towards fixed mindset or those that are leaning towards uh, growth mindset? If you can, maybe just share a little bit on that, that because 100%. it may be something that some of us are dealing with professionally. Yeah. So I don't think either end is the right way to go. Mm -hmm. I think the balance is the right way to go. So there yes. are benefits and there are, and there are, um, and there are validities to both mm -hmm. mindsets, you know, um, like, like one thing, one thing is, is that you have to have your faith set in stone. Yeah. I for sure believe that I'm going to achieve X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. I for sure know that I am, I am a positive person. Mm -hmm. You know, I am a hundred percent love. That means mm -hmm. anybody who sends my way negativity, mm -hmm. I don't care. I love people. Why? Because I am love. Yeah. It's not that I love people. It's that I am love and I embody uh -huh. that mindset. Yeah. So that's technically a fixed mindset, if you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but again, Ben, don't break. Remember that rule. Yeah. You know, also be ready to say, challenge your mindset, challenge your, you know, how much love or how, like how much, you know, who do I love? Do I love people who are trying to literally kill me? You know, like, 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 mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? Right. And there's, <laughs> you know, um, and then where the growth mindset comes, I call it the unlimited mindset. Mm. Who are you to limit anything? The world is abundant. The world is unlimited. Mm. You know, Grant Cardone says it best. I, I really like how he puts it. He says, um, you know, don't be afraid of money. You know, you know, people always say, oh, I can't afford it or I can't do it or I can't. Don't be afraid of that because there's so much abundance of money mm -hmm. in the world, you know, yes. that when you click like technically run out the government yeah. will, will print more okay so <laughs> you'll never run out of money it's guaranteed and i agree to that i agree think in abundant way don't limit yourself yeah. um to your limitation because that's technically prison okay, okay. you are okay. in your own mind your own prison in your mind mm -hmm. you want to be free that's, that's how these inmates are free in prison is yeah. that they release themselves from the prison that they have control over mm. And that's that mindset you're talking about. Yep. You know, so wow. have a balance between the have a balance between the the quote unquote fixed mindset and the growth mindset, but do it in a healthy way. Let them work mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. How I call I call it also a paradox a paradoxical phenomena or the dual paradigms. These work together. You know. I see. So that's how that works. Okay, that, that's that's awesome. What kind of routines? have helped you to stay focused on your mission. Uh, I know you, you already talked about your morning routines. What other routines say during the day in the course of engaging with uh, customers, in the course of engaging with prospects, have helped you to stay 
on your purpose and your mission so far? Yeah. So the consistent, the consistent reminder mm-hmm. of my mission, who I am. I see. I so see. I meet a lot of people that, that do drain my energy. You know, I meet a lot of negative people. I meet a lot of people who, <laughs> um, you know, who think that I'm crazy. And there's a lot of people who say, Hey, how's one up going to help me, you know? Yeah. But the bottom line is that I'm, a, I'm on a purpose. I'm on a driven purpose. Yeah. And, and that, that's that fixed mindset in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, no wonder. Yeah. You said, I just said keep that. reminding myself, I keep reminding violent. myself, mm-hmm. I'm here to make this world a better place. This is my vision. This is what I'm here about. You know, I cannot physically by myself make the, you know, change 7 billion people, 8 billion people, but yes, I sir. definitely could connect with other people. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely, if I, if I help you transform, you're helping mm-hmm. others transform and mm-hmm. thus the mission is successful. Mm-hmm. So the routine is just in here. Okay. Mm-hmm. The moment you're being taken down. Okay. Here's another mm-hmm. thing with all this zoom stuff, right? Yeah. I, I schedule my zooms with at least 15 minutes apart from each other. I don't go from one zoom to another. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is because I really want to be a million percent present in this time. Yes, sir. Okay. And I yep. take 15 minutes to just go take a walk outside, you know, around the block or around the whatever, you know, just to clear my mind, even if it's just yep. climbing up the stairs to come back yep. down, whatever it is, yep. Yep. you know, uh, just, just distract yourself, walk yes. away from the computer yeah. yep. and then come back. And that sort of resets your mind, yep. you know, and it's a reset and you, it, it brings you back to the moment. That, that's, that's powerful because uh, some years ago, I, I was studying uh, how the brain works. And it says that the brain needs time to download. Yeah. And when we're downloading, if you can step out, you walk in greenery, it helps in the downloading process more than when you are just indoors. So when you schedule your 15 minutes breaks there, that really helps your brain in, di- in downloading the important yeah. elements of the previous conversation and clears your mind before you begin the next one. So I, I, I really appreciate that because it's something that I can benefit from. I can practice more of that. I can do more of that, even though I was informed about it, but I, I just didn't practice it. So thanks for, for reminding yeah. me about Gideon, it. do me a favor. Gideon, do me a favor. Please follow up with me. I would mm-hmm. love to hear how this works for you. Yes. And sir. whoever else is doing this, please, you know, reach out to me. Yes. Um, I would love to hear how this works because it works for me, you know, and, and I okay. just say, this is what I do. And yes. maybe 15 minutes is not for you. Maybe you're busier than that. Maybe five minutes yeah. is good for you. Maybe it's two minutes is good for you. But five I don't minutes. know. I mean, find yeah. what works for you. For me, I'm somebody who really like visualizes and vision, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me, 15 minutes works. That's what I found yes. for me. I for see. me to be fully present in this meeting, I had to have a 15 minute preparation. Thank I you. needed it. Thank you know, you. Um, Thank you. So, that, so I would love to hear back some feedback how, how that works. Okay, no, I, I would start to implement it. It's a little cold out there these days, but if yeah. I can't really go out far away, <laughs> at least I can step away from the computer, walk around the house, go yeah. upstairs, come back down, and just do some stretches before I get back yeah. to the table and start the next meeting. That way I'll be more present and mm-hmm. benefit from uh, the next conversation. But I, I also recall you, you mentioned to me, when you give feedback to people on, on, on LinkedIn, you read through every single word, you read through every single comment, and you make sure you comment specifically about that. And I could say, you're the only person that I've met that made that very clear that that's a goal that they attain. And I, and I appreciate that because it, 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 it therefore, it really indicates that you, you practice these things that you're, you're preaching. So that, that's very important. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. definitely practice what you preach. Um, I think moving forward, I think moving forward in our new normal, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be the new currency we're going to be mm -hmm. seeing in the world is value. Yes. How much okay. value can you bring? I think people have become very yeah. weary of just yeah. the average salesman who's coming and selling you on stuff and everything. No. I'm done with sales. Let me tell you, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so done. I don't, I hate sales. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to sell anything, you know, I'm just, I'm done with it. And I get, I get hit up on LinkedIn all day long with people trying to sell me on something. Yep. You know, I'm so done with it. I'm tired. Yeah. Okay. I think what value can you bring me or somebody else? Or here's another thing. How could I even make you more valuable to your audience, to exactly. your customers, to exactly. your people? Exactly. If you remember, Gideon, I told you I do not accept to come on to this, to this thing if I'm not bringing you value. You have yes. to convince me that yep. I'm bringing you value. Sell me yep. on, yep. you know, on me yep. bringing you value. Otherwise, I'm not interested. It's, it's not no. going to work for me. You know? And I know, um, and I know from, from our exchange or interactions that you said you were preparing for this because you want to be able to deliver as much as possible so that whoever yeah. is listening should not go away a blank slate, but should go away with something in their basket, should go away with something new that they've picked up. Talking about that, you are not a salesy guy. And I think in some ways, I don't want to be a salesy guy. How yeah. then do you grow your business? How do you promote your business in a way that is meaningful and yet uh, not salesy? Okay, so beautiful question. Um, so first of all, first of all, I have I have a thirty minute um, free consultation, free you know coaching session. Mm -hmm. um, it's commitment free, um, mm -hmm. especially now because of what we're going through. So many people are struggling. Mm -hmm. um, also, a gift for from me get to you guys, to your audience, whoever's listening. Um, oh, I don't know thank how you. you're going to share it. I'm going to send you my email that people could send me an email or my okay. calendar, however it works best for you guys. Okay. Um, we can no. put it on, we can put it up on our on our resources uh, okay. so that the, our podcast listeners who uh, enjoy the the, the, the the episode they can then log in yeah download it from there so you you send that to me and I will work I'm gonna send it to you. absolutely yeah so it's my email or my or the calendar mm -hmm. book book the appointment it's 30 minutes it's free um, again no commitments and the purpose of that call is not going to be a sales call. It's not mm -hmm. going to be a pitch. It's going to be none of that. I yeah. want you to come ready with one problem. Mm -hmm. One thing that's the most pressuring right now, mm -hmm. let's discuss it and let's explore some tools. I want you to walk away with something that you could take right now and see results right away. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I, this is, Sign this me is up. Everybody, because <laughs> that, you know what? I, I get pitched all the, uh, all the time. Sign Somebody said, up. hey, I'll get you more clients. Okay. Yeah. I said, sure. No problem. What, you have a free trial something? He goes, yeah. I said, great. I'm taking it. Five-day challenge. I did the five-day challenge, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nothing came out of it. Mm -hmm. I get a phone call back. Okay, do you want to schedule now the coaching uh, for $5,000? Whatever, I'll get you clients. Hey, you didn't even get me one client. Like, why <laughs> should I trust you? Okay. you know? Here's another one. Somebody else told me, you know, um, to, when I first started the business, right? I'll help you yeah. jumpstart your business from zero to, to you know, like you don't need a penny to start your business. Here's how you do it. Mm. I took her free course. Okay. Mm. I got one client. Uh, okay. I did get one client from that course. What do you think mm -hmm. I did? Did I buy her full course? No. Well, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I bought her full course. Okay. okay. I did. It worked. Yeah. It yeah. worked. I bought it worked. her full course. Yep. Yeah. And it's working. 
Okay, yeah. that's the reality. She taught me a lot of this stuff that I'm that you know give oh. value. People want value, you know. Thank you, sir. Thanks um, for saying that. And, and that's what it's about. And I'm not here, you know. It's not about the money for me. Here's a great other example. Okay, and I'm I'm gonna end on on this and this for this topic. Yeah. Yeah. When I graduated, when I graduated with my with my industrial psychology degree, industrial psychology is the psychology of businesses. So mm -hmm. typically, people who have this degree, um, one of the jobs they can get is something called the chief people officer. And the chief people officer helps the business grow, and and you know, um, they help with the culture, all these nice things. Um, and only big companies could afford this stuff. It's about a two hundred thousand dollars salary, mm -hmm. you know. And I looked over to my wife when I graduated. I told her, you know, I have a lot of connections in Silicon Valley. I know a lot of people. I could easily get a job out there if I really, really wanted. If I really wanted, I could. $200,000, we're comfortable. It's a nice salary. Why not, right? So I, I have that choice. Or I could go to small to medium businesses who cannot afford this $200,000, you know, uh, service. Mm -hmm. Do it yeah. for a fraction of the price. Mm -hmm. help empower somebody within their company to become their long-term future mm -hmm. CPO yes, from sir. much fraction and they're going to grow. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to be solving three massive problems. Of, yep. You know, employees not being fully engaged. You know, okay. uh, employers are not happy and satisfied with their workers and yep. the growth that they could grow. Yeah. So that to me was meaningful. That to me was valuable. Mm. See? I and see. That's I... Key, bring value. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Thank you. Um, value, value, value. That's what I'm hearing. Now, in the next segment, which I'm just going to ask some very like direct questions, just give you like one or two word answers. Then after that, I'm going to pause so that I bring in my co-producers and they can ask some questions because I might have omitted some important elements from our conversation. Jeremy, um, what is your uh, best business book or best book that you'd like to recommend? Mm. Too many to count. <laughs> uh, I'll just give um, us one or two. <laughs> in business, in yeah, business right now. Can help, can help small people in small businesses grow. One or two that you can remember. So I would start, the first book that I read in business is um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kawasaki. Okay. That would be, be a great place to start. Uh, very, that is very interesting book. Uh, mm -hmm. Which podcast do you listen to these days? Oh, gosh, so many. Um, there's one in particular that I really, really am enjoying right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I go in phases, so I try different ones. But the one that I'm listening to right now, mm -hmm. his name is Ellie Nash, um, E-L-I-N-A-S-H. So two, mm -hmm. two names, Ellie and Nash. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, forget, um, I forget the, the actual name of the podcast, but I, I just, I like his stuff. He has some really, really, he's raw, okay. he's real, he's really good. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Ermi, do you use a coach? Do you use a business coach? Yeah, I do. Uh, I what's, uh, is this highly kept secret or is one you can just pop out the name? Or maybe just the first name. Um, his name is Jordan. But yeah, but I Jordan. definitely, I highly recommend him. He's phenomenal. So okay. if anybody wants a really good business uh, sales coach, mm -hmm. uh, definitely, definitely reach out to me and I'll, I'll share with you his information. And Jordan, what's the last name? Or Jordan that, Watts. That, Jordan Watts. Ross, R-O-S-S. Okay, General Ross. Highly recommended. What's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> um, the, it's vanilla with caramel twist. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Vanilla with caramel twist. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of other questions, but I need to pause here and let my my sure. buddies ask some questions because these are smart, smart men, and I'm sure that they've been okay, they've been it. listening so well. They probably have processed it ten times better than me. I let John ask. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit, man. Yeah, I had two questions that I've been I've been holding because I didn't want to interrupt. That's one of the things I'm working on. Uh, you mentioned uh, a routine that you do that I have tried off and on over the years that I've struggled with, which is the three gratitudes. Mm. And the thing that I found a challenge with that I'd like to get your thoughts on is I found myself each day saying I'd sit down to write three things I'm grateful for. And I would find myself just repeating the same things every day. I'm grateful for my health. Mm. I'm grateful for having a, a nice home to live in. Uh, grateful for my family, right? And then the next day, I couldn't think of any, it was the same thing every day. And then I thought, it doesn't feel like it's motivating me like I feel like it should. Mm. What are your thoughts on, on how to do that practice to really maximize, rig the most out of it? Mm. Okay, I love, I love that question. Um, and And... You know, a lot of people when they say gratitude, so that's technically what they what they recommend you to start with. It's a great bouncing board to to learn how to be grateful for something. Is what are the immediate three? It's always health, you know, um, family, and and something immediate around you. So that that's a great way to learn how to be grateful. But you know, it, with with my coaching, what I like to do and what I do for myself again. Um, is to find more meaningful and more, you know, mindful, if I call it, more mindful things to be grateful for. Um, and, and my approach is always, is always like, like practical now, immediate. So what am I grateful for today? Okay, this is, okay. This is the question. What happened today that I am grateful for? Okay, so like find three victories of today. It's going to be a little bit difficult in the beginning, but you'll get used to it. Yeah, even it if it's just practice. like, even if it's just like, hey, you know, um, I smiled at my <laughs> wife today. I was so grateful to be able to smile to my wife, which is the same as I'm grateful for my family. It's almost right. the same thing, but it's but more, more specific. Yeah, more specific. Yeah. Um, like and then again, this is very, this is very open to your own interpretation. But I would say three victories of that day, even if they're minute, even if they're whatever. I like that. So another thing that I was thinking of when you're talking about um, your coaching and you mentioned you have two masters in, in psychology, right? So um, mm -hmm. in coaching, I know one of the big conversations in lots of different uh, coaching calls that I've been on is always being clear. And I don't have a degree in, in psychology. So in a way it's, maybe less important for me, but making sure that you're always clear with clients on the difference between coaching and therapy or counseling yeah. with a real, uh, a professional who's got a master, at least a master's degree in psychology. What are your thoughts on, on where you draw that line and uh, best ways to go about that if you're coaching people? Yeah, so I got, um, so I was in the conference of psychotherapy and the psychologists and psychiatry, there's always every year they have it once a year. Um, this particular year when I joined was when they were in Vegas. So I went out to Vegas and I went to, I went, I listened to all the workshops and everything. Um, my goal originally was to become a therapist, to become a licensed therapist. 
That was my original goal. Um, and through learning and through discussing it with the professionals, um, one of them, I cannot say his name because it's confidential, uh, but one of them suggested that I should not get licensed. Um, and he said, just your character. You're a very straight shooter. You're very direct. You're very, you know, you don't beat around the bush. You don't, you know, you say it as it is. That's a coach. A coach will beat you up. A coach will challenge you. That's a coach's mm -hmm. job. Okay. So mm -hmm. when I, you know, when I went to therapy, most of the therapy was just a band-aid. I felt that therapy was band-aids. Now I'm not discounting that therapy is a negative thing. Therapy is supposed to, you know, go to the root of the problem, you know, get, suggest to you that you may have certain symptoms, you may have certain things that you're going with, but it doesn't stop there. Therapy does not, you need a coach after therapy. Okay, so you have therapy and then you have a coach. Therapy is just, to, is just like the, like right now you're bleeding profusely. Like an emergency stop the bleeding. room. It's the emergency room, okay. Stop the bleeding, get the help you need to get to a certain level, but then you really need to work on yourself every single day. And that's why there's a huge difference between therapy right. and, and coaching, where therapy is always more expensive than therapy than, than coaching. Yeah. You know, coaching will is usually sold to you in packages of, of X amount of months. Whereas therapy is more like a hundred, two hundred bucks a session, you know what I mean? It's right. it's sold to you by session. So that's 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 the key difference that I would say. Hmm. Okay, great. I love your perspective. Well, I could <laughs> I could ask you questions all day, and maybe we'll catch up offline. But let me let, <laughs> let me let Steve. Thank ask. you, Jim. I, uh, this has been a great great discussion. I really appreciate your time. Uh, a couple of things that came to mind for me. One is, you know, you talked about going to the prison system, and you were a little bit lost when you started there, mm -hmm. and you kind of developed your own training program, if you will. Can you tell us about that journey? I mean, that piece of sure. how'd you go from, you know, just being a volunteer to now I created this whole training program. Tell us yeah. about it. So, so actually I'll tell you the very, very first experience in the prison. Um, so I'm there volunteering. Okay. So I first started, um, I have a little bit of background in business. Um, I came with a degree in business. They were working on a very specific case um, that was business related. Um, I, my job was really just to read through all the paperwork from the, from the, from the court, about 800 pages of court papers, uh, and write summaries on them. That, that was how they use volunteers out, okay? <laughs> so that was literally how I started in that, in that office. And then uh, there was a holiday at that time, and they said, wow, we're running short on rabbis for the holiday to just do the, you know, do the services um, are you available? Would you be okay? It's a couple of nights a week. Um, it was the eight days of Hanukkah. So we just need you for a couple of nights. Are you, are you available? I said, sure. What are the nights? Uh, so the first one was Saturday night. So that, that, particular, that particular year, the first night of Hanukkah fell out on a Saturday night. Um, so are you available Saturday night? Just we don't have anybody to join us for that day. Could you do the service in county prison? I said, sure. I, I, I mean, first of all, I thought that that was phenomenal. Wait a second. You could get me into prison and get me out of it? That's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> I thought that that was very novel. So for me, it was more like, hey, I went into prison and I got out, you know? <laughs> that was more like, you know, there was a little ego there. That, so that was that. Um, so, okay, so now Saturday is our Shabbat, our Jewish Shabbat. 
Um, and I'm generally dressed nicely. I wear cologne, you know, I'm, I'm smelling good. I look good. Um, and I just didn't have time to change out of my Shabbat clothes uh, because it was like really, really short time. There was lockdown after, you know, there's, it works that way. Um, so we had to leave like right after synagogue, get into the car, you know, it's a half an hour from, from our area to the, to the jail and to do the service and then to get out before, before they're locked down for the night. Um, so it was like a very fast thing. Um, so I get in there, I'm looking good, I'm smelling good. And the, the way it worked on that particular time was all the inmates are lined up against the, the, the main wall. Um, we walk by them to go into the middle of the room, set up our stuff that we need to do for the service, and then have them sort of like come into the room, um, you know, and then join the service. So that's a security situation um, so that we don't walk through the inmates. So the inmates are lined up on the wall. So as I'm walking by this tall, massive, huge guy, I would say six foot both ways, okay? Huge guy. Massive looks down at me and tells me, boy, Rabbi, do you smell good? <laughs> and I lost it. <laughs> I was like, boom, 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 you know, fireworks in my mind. The last thing you want to hear in jail or prison is that I smell good. Okay. I was like, trust me, I'm not bending over. But, you know, but it was like, it was horrifying. That was my very first experience in the, in the jail system. <laughs> horrifying and I was like I'm never doing this okay um, but then obviously I got over it and then I you know I, I went back and I said you know I'm not going to judge them they're humans um, you know the prison is a very very dehumanizing experience I don't wish it on the worst of my enemies um, you know so so it took time for me to sort of like gradually get in there um, just really trying to put on blinders and not listen to what people are saying and not you know, not listen to these comments and not listening, you know, I got them plenty of times and eventually you gain sort of this immunity to that. Um, but, but again, as I mentioned in my story that the one up program was born from a stronger desire of fixing myself. And then I saw these other people who are, who are challenged way more than I was just challenged, you know, and I just wanted their perspective on when I tell you, Ben, don't break, what do you hear? When I tell you, um, you know, when I tell you um, there's a higher power, what do you hear? When I tell you things are out of your control, what do you hear? People that are in a worse situation than me, I needed their perspective to understand me better. So that's how One Up was effectively born. Fantastic story. Thank you very much. That was very interesting, very interesting and a little bit mind blowing for those of us that haven't experienced that. So. Uh, I really appreciate that. I'll ask you just one other question, and that is, do you have a favorite quote that uh, either you live by or that you um, really appreciate? Yes, definitely. Um, don't underestimate the depth of an ocean. So that's the quote. You know, the ocean is so much deeper than you think. Life is so much more than what you think it is. Don't underestimate that depth. You know, you could, there's, you're never going to reach your, you know, the highest, the 100% potential of who you are because we're perfectly imperfect. You know, that's, that's something that God created us as. As humans, we're perfectly imperfect. But don't ever, ever underestimate how far you can take your quote-unquote perfection. 
Um, so that's that's the quote I live by. Terrific. Thank you. Gideon, I'll turn it back to you. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Steve. And uh, of course, above all, thank you to Jeremy for taking the time to be with us sure. this morning uh, on the West Coast. Uh, it's already a midday <laughs> on the East Coast. But you see, I have taken away so much from you today, Jeremy, in terms of how I can jumpstart my journey to reach the mountain of success. A uh, lot to unpack. I just need to take some time and begin to digest it. But I also know that I'm going to be booking my own 30 minutes so that I can discover some elements of one up that can transform me because I am on this journey and I know that there are many people out there on this journey. And none of us, we don't want to lose, we want to win. And whether we are jailbirds, whether we are eagles, we're, all of us are looking to soar and roar in life. So thank you so much for those incredible perspectives. We can continue this conversation for a long, long time, but in the interest of being professional and respectful of your time, we would adjourn for today and we will continue to readjourn through the other platforms like um, email and phone calls and on and on from there. Thank you so much, Jeremy. So thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I thank just you. want to leave with one last word. Uh, remember that you're first human, okay? That's the key. Remember that you're human first and you are something greater than much more than anything else. And, you know, you're not defined by your skin color. You're not defined by your race. You're not defined by anything other than your humanity. And, you know, reach that potential as a human. So, you know, be, you know, be human today. So that's my message. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yermi. And uh, peace to you and to all your, all your peeps out there in Asheville.